show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend who steals the hearts of many, the mixtress DC Gina. <laughs> that is me. I am. I am the heart goblin. <laughs> Uh, I just see you doing that, like eating them up and spinning them out. <laughs> it's like a game of Zelda. I'm like, heart, 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 heart. <laughs> Didn't date yourself there, did you? <laughs> I'm sorry. The Awakening is a brand new game oh, on. There you go. All right. Yeah, I forget. You have kids. I have children, okay? I am with it. <laughs> Damn Ask, it. Ask Gianna. She tells me all the time I embarrass her every day. <laughs> then you're the perfect mom. Yeah. <laughs> So, Valentine's Day is upon us, right? Um, but, you know, it's a holiday that's way more than just sappy greeting cards or heart-shaped candy boxes filled with cheap chocolates uh, or even those dozen of roses, right? It's so much more. More like. Valentine's Day is the Roman Catholic feast day for the martyr Saint Valentine. Who, there's a little controversy here actually, so we're just gonna go on this one theory. Who was lovingly beaten with clubs and then beheaded in 270 AD? Why? That I couldn't find, but he was a martyr. I don't know. Uh, but so I'm just gonna go out on a limb that he probably would have rather those cheap box of chocolates. Um, I don't know. But that's what a, a holiday. <laughs> I mean, there's a place and a time to be beaten, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. Who am I to judge? So it does get a little crazier. And if you really, really want to send him that sappy greeting card, you can. Because his skull apparently is kept in a glass display box in a basilica, in uh, the Basilica of St. Maria in Rome. Well, I will go visit it because I'm going to be there. So there you go. I'm go have... yeah, put, put that on your list. What? Yeah, I was going to tell Neil. This is where I want to. I want to rekindle. Negate rekindle. <laughs> no, no, I want to just make sure that you know that my vow is true. What, a big question I had, which I couldn't find, is why is he the patron of a patron of engaged couples and happy marriages? I could not find that. But do you know that he also is the patron saint of beekeepers? No. So maybe he had to think for honey. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, it's funny as I'm sure, you know, we, we, I'm sure we could find the information. I didn't find it in my quick internet search. So that Google's failed me there. I, yeah. That Google. <laughs> Damn, Google. So. Um, we might have to go to a library. I'll imagine shit. that. A what? Uh, <laughs> What's that place you speak of? Speaking of romance, libraries. Uh, no. Well, let's so, ask our next guest. There we go. So there are many, you know, many who are single who probably don't get so excited about, you know, this Hallmark holiday to promote mammographies, um, to promote monogamy, um, or even, you know, help prop up our florist industry. And if you are probably, if you're tired of swiping left and wish you had someone to share this Valentine's Day with, then you want to stick with us because you want to find out who our next designated drinker is. She's a professional matchmaker. Um, she is Talia Goldstein. She's the founder of Three Day Rule. It's an exclusive matchmaking company. And we, let's find out more, shall we? Welcome to the show, Talia. Thanks for having me. Yes. So right off the bat, please, let's get started. What is the Three Day Rule all about? What so is it? 
3D Rule, the company, is a personalized matchmaking company. We're nationwide, and our clients work one-on-one with a matchmaker. So we really get to know them and what they're looking for, and it's like outsourcing your love life. We interview all their matches, (laughs) and we just send them the best of the best. So that's the actual 3D Rule company, but the the rule, 3-day yeah. rule, if that's what you're asking, is this old rule where men used to wait three days to call a woman so they didn't come off as desperate. We do not <laughs> believe in the rule. It's from the movie Swingers. It's just a funny name. That's great. That's great. So how did this all start for you? How did you become a matchmaker? I was always into love. Like Even at a young age, I would set people up in high school. I would host these blind dating parties. And then for fun, I would just match my friends and my coworkers through the years. And while I was working at E! True Hollywood Story, I was a segment producer on that show, I started matching up a ton of people and realized I had this weird talent. So I began hosting parties all around LA that grew like 600 people and wow. really it was at one of those events. Yeah, there were so many people looking for love and they were having a hard time. And at one of these events, it was at the London West Hollywood, I noticed there were 600 really interesting, successful, attractive singles that were having a tough time. And so then I realized something was missing in the market and decided to leave my job in television and start a matchmaking company. That's crazy. That's it's, so cool. If you think about it, Kind of like, you know, we, you know, we talked earlier a couple, you know, a couple of days ago and it's just kind of funny when she said that, you know, like this room full of people and like, it's like, well, it's kind of like being like, almost like a madam. Like she's like, I got this over here and this over here to make a perfect match. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Even when I got started, I, I had the idea that I wanted to become a matchmaker, but I didn't know if anyone would actually pay me to do it because previously I was just doing it for free, for fun. So I went out to a bar one night and I saw this guy, he was trying to pick up on a woman and I walked up and I said, I see what you're doing. I can do this better. Meet me tomorrow at Starbucks, bring $250 cash and I'll take over your love life. <laughs> and that's how I got my first client. So I did feel a little bit like a madam. Was he thinking that you were going to be the match? I yeah. mean, I feel like, <laughs> like when a woman's like soliciting cash money from you. I, like... I know. He probably didn't know exactly what to expect. But either way, he I showed up. That's, that's kind of amazing. I mean, first of all, it's not kind of amazing. That is amazing. I actually really yeah. love that. I think that like, um, you know, there's more, there's more need that, sorry, there's more need than not. For this now, so I own a bar. So Taya, we just met. I own a bar called Last Call, and I see people that go meet each other on different dating apps, and they'll come in and they'll meet each other, and they'll just look at each other in the eyes, and they'll have a very awkward conversation because they've only been texting, and they can't communicate with each other, and then it ends very poorly, or you know they try to rape each other on the bar. I don't know. <laughs> Right, it's really one or the other, right? They've like really like it's gonna it's like a wanderlust, and they're like totally into each other, or it's like they just can't even communicate. Yeah. And I was saying, so like my bartender who definitely dates like that, I was like, how do you even meet people like that? You can't you can't even have a conversation with them, right? And they're like, what are you talking about? And then I realized that they're twenty three, and conversation isn't part of part of the picture. I mean, yeah, and yeah. I'm in my forties, and like clearly. We met people differently. <laughs> right? I Am actually I think you're totally right. And the way that we met, I think 
was a lot easier where we'd walk into a bar and we'd see someone across or we'd meet someone at a party or through friends. It was a lot more organic. Now the dating apps, I think, made dating more challenging. And it's what you said, you know, people are swiping and then they're showing up to meet a total stranger and yeah. usually they don't even look like their picture. And 81% of people lie about something online. So it's a really awkward exchange where before we were meeting more organically through friends. And so I think it, we had a higher chance of success when we were actually communicating in real life. Well, I think the other thing is like you think about when you meet somebody and in you whether it's romantic or just friendship, you can read a person like right when you're in the same space and having that organic conversation, you can, you know, you're like, okay, this is a fun conversation, but I wouldn't want to see this person for more than 30 minutes. You know I mean? Like you're, you're just doing it every day in your person, in your open, in your day to day life. So if it, if everything on is through, through a screen, we've just had this for the last two years with zoom, like you, it's not, that space because you just don't get the essence of that person. But mm-hmm. I, Taya, I got a question. Here's my question for you. You did just come through COVID. You have a whole brand new lot of seniors in college, sorry, college students that just went to college. Yep. Right? They knew how to do, they talk to people in high school. Now they got dropped off in college or they're virtually in college or, or they're virtually, or they're virtually in the workforce when they're yep. 18, right? Yep. They, when you, meet the one right yeah. like most people don't have high school sweethearts right so you have this you, the communication or the lack of communication is epic yeah because they can't they can't connect yeah. right whether it's work well because it's something you do every day it's like it, it's experience right it's like you learn every time that you, you're just through time right through just yeah but like yeah i agree with yeah. you but my time my question to you is this are you seeing a younger dating pool in, in matchmaking? Because right? I, I feel like matchmaking was like, I'm from New York, right? So, <laughs> you know, matchmaker, matchmaker. I could do the whole thing for you. <laughs> and the, the matchmaker in New York is 100% a real thing. Like if you yeah. had a good-looking grandson and you wanted him to pair with a nice girl, then maybe had an education, you know, you definitely yeah. met up with your friend and she's like, well, I know blah, blah, blah on West 31st and there we go, you know. Yeah. That's a real deal, yeah. right? Still exists. My question is, the younger normally it's not so young. So, so tell me, like you, you have dating experience when you're young. They have no dating experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't date. They don't date. Yes. How do you convince somebody to date? <laughs> I get a lot of questions wrapped up in there. Yeah, yeah. can you unload that? Tell absolutely, <laughs> definitely. So when I started the company, we skewed a little bit older, thirties, forties, fifties, and over time we're go- going younger. So you're right. Now we serve as 20 to 70, but we have a lot of clients in their 20s. And I think partially it's because the apps came out 10 years ago. So people in their 20s have been app dating for 10 years. And it's exhausting. The average online dater spends 12 hours a week online. So by, you know, years into online dating, they are so frustrated. And also you're you're right. People have really lost the art of communication. And so part of what we do is really coach them through the texting and what to say after a date, just to guide them to help them navigate the relationship because not everybody has those skills. Like we've, especially coming out of COVID, people are rusty. Do you ever think about having a skills class like where you would just be like, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want, they want to meet that person organically and then like, 
you know, you just have this, like, you know, here are the, the five things that you need to know about, you know, dating, right? Like, I mean, like, or join her service, but, like, what if there's the people that, are, like, they get nervous about that, right? And they just want, like, basic communication skills. Because I think, like, your three-day rule is bigger than that. It's, like, how do you communicate? How do you talk? How do you do those kind of things, right? Yeah. yeah. No? It's a face of me, no? No, that's so helpful. We do it on Instagram. We have a, our Instagram at three day rule and we will offer tips and tricks because, you know, for us, it seems so basic, but we realize that it's really not. So even something is simple. We always tell our clients, you need to be so clear in your communication. You go on a date with someone at the end of the date, you have to tell them you're interested because if you end the date and say like, thank you so much. I had a nice time. To them, that means you don't want to meet them again. Like they don't know that you're actually interested. And so it's important to say, I had a really nice time. Let's do this again. Or why don't we go check out that concert? Really be so clear on your communication. Because as matchmakers, we see so many missed opportunities due to poor communication. That's interesting because I guess the other thing is you're like quarterbacking from the sideline, right? So you can see, it's just like when you're that, that fly on the wall. I mean, you can, as, a, as an observer, you can see where the mishaps are when you're like in it. I would imagine even matchmakers could make the same mistakes, right? Yes. <laughs> if it were you. <laughs> a compl- it's hard to be in it. It's like a lot easier to, you know, be on the outside coaching. It's exactly yeah. right. But it's so important to have an expert helping you because we have all the information. The great thing about matchmaking is is we set people up on the dates and then after we get feedback from both sides. So there's no guessing. We know exactly how the people felt. And so it's easy for us to help them navigate. But on your own, you, you really don't know how the other person felt about you. And so it's hard to date on your own without that help. Talia, give me, how do you tell, so one person <laughs> loved the date, the other person hates the date. Yeah. What do so you say? It's a hard thing. We had to down. get more information so we can help our clients become better daters. The cop out is there's no spark. So some people will say, yeah. like, I went on the date and like, unfortunately, I just didn't feel spark. But then we have to find out more. Like, why is that? Like, was the person not flirty or... Did they not look like their pictures or was it the banter? So we'll go deeper to figure it out and then we'll help our clients and give them that information. It is really valuable information to help them grow. Before you even get them in the same room, how do you decide? How, I, yeah, I just want to back up a little bit. How do, you, yeah. how do you even start that? Yeah. So what happens is clients come to us and they fill out a really brief profile. Then they're attached to new member strategists. So I'm part of this team. We have about 10 of us. We go through a whole interview with them where we ask all these questions about their parents' marriage and goals for the future and really what they're looking for. And we go pretty deep with them. And part of the exercise is to help them break down what their must-haves are, their nice-to-haves, and deal-breakers. Because... Many people are dating without really having an understanding of what they should be looking for. You know, so we we help them prioritize truly like what are your non-negotiables? And then we have a lot more information. If they become a client, then that's what we're we're interviewing potential matches to meet make sure they align on those non-negotiables and core values. And then also it comes down to intuition and energy. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's an art, but once we have someone that we think is a good fit for our client, then we set them up on the date. 
Second marriages have to be a non-negotiable person for sure. They'll just walk in with their non-negotiables. It's like, oh, and they can never, ever, ever put their socks on the floor. You know what I mean? It's like non-negotiables, right? Because I, I, I'll be honest. Like, how could you possibly even know what your non-negotiables are until, like, either you lived with somebody or you dated somebody a long time? Because, like, there's so many things you learn about your spouse. Like, I don't even know how Neil talks to me. Like, I always say to him, like, I'm like, what? Why do you still talk to me? And he's like, he's like, he's like, it's really hard every day. But every day, like, a, you know what I mean? It's an interesting, it's an interesting um, dynamic, right? Yeah. yeah. Because like, I don't even know how. Not. Oh my God, I love non-negotiables. I want to write them down for Valentine's Day. So I'm like, these are my non-negotiables. Just saying. It's a really never good mind book. that we have a house, two children, and been married how many years? I know. Well, we've been together 11, 10 years, man. Whatever. Can always renegotiate but to actually matching people who have been divorced are the best because they've learned so much in their relationships usually they've gone to a lot of therapy and so they come really <laughs> clear about what they're looking for and so they're fantastic to match that's hilarious and now, do those clear ma- got a lot of direction there do those ma- <laughs> do those matches usually end in a second marriage i mean um, end up like you know being a second marriage if they match, or is it like they just date forever and never get married again? No, I mean, it's depend. Everyone's different. Some people really are looking for marriage again. Some people just want a long-term relationship, and they definitely don't want to get married again. So we'll pair them accordingly. But those clients typically have that growth mindset where they really want to learn about themselves and you know do what they, they can to be in a healthy relationship. Well, I do like that. Yeah. Can't wait for my second marriage. Dude, like you, th- to me, to Neil, yet. but I don't know. I'm going to renegotiate this this Valentine's Day. I guess, well, technically, I'm in my second marriage because Dave and I got re-upped our vows. Or re- yeah. yeah so. I'm willing to remarry Neil. I'm not right. saying that I'm not going to remarry him. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding, babe. I still do love you. And thank you for taking care of our children. Um, on that note, I think I should give it. Yeah, I think it's time for your tips and tricks. Yeah, so my t- I'm going to do a tip and trick. There you go. Actually, it's really neither. It's your Valentine's Day cocktail. Tell your lover that you love them. There you go. Or right. self-love, which I feel is very important these days. All right, well, let's do it. Let's do it. Happy Valentine's Day. And for Valentine's Day, of course, I have to give you a drink that I love. You know, most of the time I give you a technique trick or something easy to switch or swap or whatever. But today we're just going to do a cocktail that's all about invoking that feeling of love and making a drink for yourself, for self-love or someone that you love. And you know what? Most of the time I just love me, so it's fine. So here we go, right? We are going to use pineapple. Um, You're gonna use about two ounces. And this is a fresh pineapple. I did not cut it, you know what I mean? I got it from the store already cored. I do believe that you need the fresh ingredients, so please use it, so two ounces. If you are not a great muddler, cut it a little bit smaller. If you're a fabulous muddler, put the big chunk in there. You're gonna take your muddling stick, and if you don't have one of these and you have a blender at home, you can do the same thing, that's totally fine. Or now a blender, a fork, a little bit more effort, but stick with the fresh, I'm telling you, it's totally worth it. So we're gonna muddle this and make a lot of noise while we're doing that. And you're gonna get that off there and you have a little bit of juice that you can see in there, right? You have a little bit of juice on the bottom and that's what you're looking for. You're gonna add two ounces of rum. And we're using a white rum. I actually chose Cotton Reed, which is a local rum here in Washington, D.C. It's a nice dry rum. It's really great for this cocktail. Trust me, it'll totally work. The next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna add a little bit of Luxardo um, cherry syrup, right? Juice, whatever you wanna do. 
Maraschino cherries will not do the same thing. So what you're gonna put in there is about one bar spoon. And you can give it a little mix. It's really, really thick. And you wanna look down in your shaker tin and see the color. And maybe if you like it a little bit sweeter, this is your only sugar. And I do like a little sweet on Valentine's Day. So I'll put a second um, bar spoon in there. And we're gonna put this in there and you're like, Gina, how can that be a cocktail? There's pot, there's not enough volume to be a cocktail. Well, you're correct, because we're gonna fill this glass with champagne. So, first we're gonna do is top that with our shaker tin, give it a little shake. Then we're going to strain this into our little, uh, I love these glasses, they're called boppy glasses and they're from the 30s. So what's even cuter than this apron is the boppy. And we're going to pour the rum and cherry and pineapple into our glass. And then we're going to add a bit of bubbles to the top. It's going to get nice and foamy and delicious, which is my fave. And what's better than giving, you know, your lover a little bit of bubbles on the holiday. You know, even though it's a Valentine's Day, it's, been, it's become like a Hallmark holiday, people say, it's really still a time to just really tell the person that you love that, you know, they're great. And if it's just for you, it's just for you. You're gonna add a little cherry on the bottom and you sip and enjoy. So happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers or self-lovers out there. So Gene, I think it's kind of interesting, like for Valentine's, you're showing us how to change things up and keep it, you know, <laughs> spicy. <laughs> You know, you gotta you gotta keep it um, you gotta keep it like fun and interesting and like also be able to be a little bit flexible with the cocktail, right? So maybe you like it a little bit sweeter and the other person doesn't like it so sweet. The uh, Mary Pickford is such a great cocktail to like make for um, you know your either yourself or someone that you love or someone that you hope will love you soon. So you know maybe maybe like that's if you're doing that first time valentine's day maybe order that on the menu there you go. who knows who knows so where are they going to go to get that our tips and tricks you're going to go to designateddrinker.show for the recipe and the how to and don't forget to follow us on instagram at designated drinker and you can see the tip live or not live recorded <laughs> or it's just me <laughs> hilarious and the other thing you're going to do is um if you go to designatedrinker.show we'll make sure you have uh direct links to get to three-day rule and if you want it quick you can just scroll down through your episode notes right on your smart smartphone as you're listening to us now and you'll get all of those things links designatedrinker.show and like i said three-day rule if you're ready for that next step so um tell you before we close up tell me is there a process where you pick your clients or is it really just come one come all we don't take all clients so we go through a whole process where we interview them we get more of a sense of what they're looking for and we'll only take on the people that we truly feel we can deliver on so we don't end up working with everyone so if somebody comes to us with a really rigid list for example we might not take them on as a client it's important that we're a team and that we feel we can have success with them Awesome. Well, I guess, you know, can only lead a horse to water. I honestly have to, I wish I could be in the room of like the people who get rejected. <laughs> I want to be the person that delivers the news. So we don't think you're matchable. <laughs> <laughs> Your demand list is outrageous. You're single for a reason. <laughs> here, is, here is 14 to 15 different therapists I think could be helpful. Yeah. And come back to us after you've completed some of that. I'm sure it's nothing like that. It's nothing personal. <laughs> There's a reason why we don't do that for a living, Gina. 
<laughs> we should leave it to the professionals. No, literally, that's why that's why I'm a that's why I'm a bartender from right. It's just like I just tell it as is. Ah, oh, she hates you. So just, if I were you, I would pay her check to say thank you and just walk away. All right. So all of this bad advice it brings us to the end of part one with Talia Goldstein, the founder of Three Day Rule. But anything like me or anything like Gina, you know, one round is just never enough. So top off your drink and get ready for part two of this episode as we continue our boozy banter. Um, and Gina's going to share a delicious Italian-inspired cocktail recipe. Um, and so we know you're just going to fall in love with it, as we always do with Gina and her cocktails. So cheers to that. Um, and uh, here's to part two. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. <laughs>